Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. according to your word. Father, I declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon formed against us will prosper. I thank you, Father God, that whatever we lay our hands to will prosper in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that your favor surrounds us like a shield. I thank you, Father God, that your favor goes before us. I thank you, Father God, That when we walk and when we place our foot, we take dominion, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that when we enter an area, the atmosphere changes. Because, not because of us, because of who is in us. Because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Come on. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Father, today we thank you that we can call the things that are not as though they are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just praise Him this morning. Let's praise Him. Let's pray in the Spirit. If you can pray in the Spirit. Let's do, let's pray. Let's praise Him. Let's pray. Let's praise Him. We change in the atmosphere. Oh, we're taking spiritual authority this morning. Father, this area we declare will be touched by you in Jesus' name, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that our enemies will come in one way, but they'll flee another. I thank you, Father God, that one sets 1,000 to flight, but two set 10,000 to flight, Father. I thank you, Father, that there's power in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that there's power in agreement. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that it's your word says, when two or more of us gather in your name and agree, it's done. So, Father, this morning we come into agreement. Father, and we call the things that are not as though they are. Father, we call those people in to the kingdom that should be in the kingdom, Father. We call them in this morning, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that those people that are sitting there at home, Father, change their hearts this morning, Father, as only you can do, because only you can change the heart of a man. Oh, Lord, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful that we have you in our corner, Lord. We thank you, Father, that the battle is yours. Your word says that. The battle is yours. Hallelujah. And you've already won the battle, Father. So this morning, Father, 
I just thank you, Lord, that each and every person walks in the fullness of what you've intended them to walk in this morning, Father. And I thank you, Father, for victory. I thank you for testimonies. I thank you, Father, that your goodness, Father, that your goodness is going to be on our lips, Father. Father, when people see us walking down the street, they will see us as people that the Lord has blessed. Father, I come against the spirit of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we, today we break it in Jesus' name. Because that is not what you paid the price for at Calvary, Father. Father, we come against that spirit of lack. Right now we break it in the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hands off the finances right now in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off the finances. Because those finances don't belong to you. They belong to the kingdom. This morning, Father, we thank you, Lord, that whatever blockages there have been, whatever obstruction, whatever hindrances there have been, Father, we call them and we break them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for whatever blockages there have been, Father. We thank you that those blockages are clear in Jesus' name. Father, you're the God of breakthrough. You're the God of breakthrough, Father. So this morning, Father, like Moses, when he left Egypt, he parted the waters so that everybody could go through. This morning, I thank you, Father God, that you're parting the waters so people can cross over into the promised land. I thank you, Father, that we're going to have testimonies where people are going to just come and declare what God has done. They will say, see what my God has done. Because that is what we should be doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you can take your seat, please take it. Otherwise, stand. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Whoa. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Thank you. It was powerful. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Man, we're having church. Thank you, Jesus. Well, before I go into the Word this morning, I'm, I'd just like to give a few announcements, um, some stuff that I just have in my heart, um, and things that we want to just position ourselves for going forward. As at Love Beyond Church, as you know, we haven't cast our vision yet. And it's very important that we cast our vision so what we're looking at, and we'll come back to you with final dates, but what we wanted to do is to have a Vision Sunday in August where we actually will share our vision. And we want to make it something special as well. Yeah, we want to, we want to try and find, maybe do something that's going to make it special. Um, I don't quite know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to pray into that. So it's very important that we do cast the vision because the Word of God says that my people perish to lack of vision and you know we need to know the vision so we can all buy into the vision and we can support the vision and people know exactly where we're going amen praise god then the other exciting thing that we've got happening is and i really want you guys to pray into this and obviously we're going to make it um we'll put it onto social media and we're going to obviously have to book for this but in november we've got bo salisbury apostle bo salisbury 
and Prophet Alex Stecklenburg from the Netherlands, uh, both from the USA, and Alex Stecklenburg's from the Netherlands. They're coming out. They're coming out on the 7th of November. In fact, both coming out on the 1st. Alex is coming on the 7th. Then they're going to be at Love Beyond Church. Amen. So we're going to run on the Wednesday night, the Thursday night, the Friday night, and the Saturday morning. We're going to have a prophetic workshop and activation. And it will also be, there'll also be the apostolic side to it as well. But the beautiful thing about this is that, you know, we're talking about people that are solid in the word, yeah. We're talking about people that we've walked with, we've actually been involved with, Kingdom Culture Exchange, and which is international um, footprint and ministry. And they're going to come out and they're just going to give direction and bring some accuracy with, with, the, with regards to the prophetic. So we get a better understanding on the prophetic. Amen. Because, I mean, the prophetic is quite misunderstood, isn't it? So they're going to bring correction on that. So what I'm saying is we're going to open this up to other churches as well, because that's kingdom. So, you know, we're obviously going to advertise it, but we want to make it available to Love Beyond Church first. And we're also going to charge for this. Because obviously that money's not going to come to Love Beyond Church, but it's going to go to to them for their ministering and for the workshop. We're obviously going to make it an affordable workshop. It's not going to be, you know, so we're working on the pricing on that. Um, at this stage, it'll be, yeah, unless God moves us elsewhere. Um, it also depends on the numbers. So we're going to put it out there. It's going to be pre-booking, so we'll know exactly what numbers we're looking at. And in future, that's what we're going to do for anything that, that we do within Love Beyond Church. We're going to rather have a situation where people can pre-book and that way we, we kind of know what the numbers are and we can plan around that. You know, because God's just laid it on my heart moving forward. You know, we've been in a bit of a holding pattern. We've been in a bit of an establishment pattern at the moment. But I got a release from God this week where God said, we need to step it up now. We need to go to the next level. And it's up to us to go to the next level. Amen. So what God is saying is that we're going to start ramping up our, and it's not marketing, but we're going to start ramping up our influence. Because, you know, where God places you, you're meant to exercise influence and you're meant to take spiritual authority. So we're going to put together certain campaigns where we're going to reach out to community and we're going to be very, go very strong on the social media side. We've really started ramping that up. Um, We've got Graham involved in that. We've hopped onto the Google thing. And I mean, I don't know much about this, but people like Andre and Graham know all about it, you know, where you actually have your location and all that stuff. But the thing we're saying is, yes, God builds a church, but he requires us to do our part. And it's now reached a point where we've now need to say, okay, we're stepping to the next level because we want to exercise. God is doing something beautiful here, something special. And we want as many people as possible to be exposed to it and to experience that. So also with regards to, as you notice, we've, our, um, we don't go live at the moment. It's recorded. And that's going to change. So I need you guys to join us and pray on this. We've got an opportunity to acquire a piece of equipment that's going to make our live feeds very professional. Because that was the problem that we... We, had, we didn't want to put our poor quality stuff out there because it doesn't show excellence and doesn't reflect God well. 
all love beyond church. So we're working on that. So we just got to trust God. I'm just waiting for the person to come back and give a price on this piece of equipment. And then we're trusting God for the finances to do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then we had the kingdom finance course. It ran for sessions, rather. They ran for four weeks in June. Um, I believe those are available now. Is that correct? They'll be available this week. Uh, they'll be available this week. So what we're going to do is um, we'll let you know. Obviously, for the people that attended the, the workshop, we'll make those available for free. Um, uh, but we're looking at how we're going to actually distribute those. But I think there'll be a – really, if you can get hold of it, uh, what I suggest is that you do get it because um, God really imparted some powerful stuff when it comes to kingdom finance. And your lives will be changed. Amen. So I just wanted to share that stuff. So that's exciting. And you know, I'm excited because God is doing God is doing what God does best. He's building his church. And in building his church, he's building us. Because remember this, God has to do a work in us before he can do a work through us. Yeah. And what God has been doing, he's been, been establishing his foundation, he's been establishing his pillars. He's been, and we're just trusting God for now, the, the gifts to come that we require. And God will do that. Amen. And God's timing is perfect. Hallelujah. So, well, what a build up to this message. I must say I've, I've, I, I entered into a battlefield this week preparing and um, even in the early hours of this morning. And the title of this message is, The Mind is the Battlefield. And who knows, who can actually honestly say that they haven't had a battlefield in their mind? Who hasn't experienced this situation where you feel your mind has been attacked from all sides? Has anyone experienced that? Amen. Amen. Well, I know that I have. <laughs> you know, um, where you sit there and suddenly... You think, but where is this coming from? You know, that's not me. You know, suddenly this thought pops into your head. And, um, yeah, so this morning we're going to be looking at the mind is the battlefield. So what is a battlefield? I think that's a good place to start, is to understand if you're talking about the mind as, uh, that the mind is a battlefield, then we should maybe have a definition of what a battlefield is. So I took some definitions from the English Dictionary, and it says a battlefield is, one, the field or ground upon which a battle is fought, an area of contention, conflict, or hostile opposition, or hostile opposition. So a battlefield is a place of hostile opposition. opposition. A battlefield is a place where battles are won and lost. Every day, every moment, there is a battle going on in our minds between right and wrong, good and bad, God's way or Satan's way, the spirit or the flesh. Can I hear an amen? amen. It's our wills that determine who wins control of our minds. And because actions follow thoughts, ultimately we win. Who wins con control of our very lives? Who's going to win control of our lives? 
Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. They are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Romans 8 verse 5 says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Do you see, Satan and the world say, go this way. God says, go that way. We determine who we will follow. The means by which we determine our decision is the mind. As I said, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. This is by way of introduction. But we all know that there's a lure of the world and the lust of So we have the lure of the world and we have the lust of our human nature. They're like two, well, if you look at the situation, they're like two opposites, polarities. So when you look at a magnet, a magnet attracts, doesn't it? So what you have is a situation where you have the lure of the world and you have the lust of our human natures and they attract each other like a magnet and a nail. But if they do not come together, nothing happens. There is no connection. It is in the mind that that determination is made whether or not there is a connection with the world or a connection with God. I'll say it again, it's in the mind that we make the determination to connect with the world or to connect with God. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, many people think they can love the world system and love God at the same time. You know, they think they can be double-minded. Amen. The Bible warns against this. James 1 verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Clean clean your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So we can't think that we can live for the world and live for God. God even says in the Word that He says, if you lukewarm, that's neither for me or against me, what will He do? He will vomit you out. That's one way of putting it. So we can't be double-minded, and we've got to get up. We've got to think, change our thinking around that. The key to victory in the Christian life is yielding control to the Holy Spirit, Amen. and allowing Him to control your mind through the Word of God. You see, the Bible is essential. The Word of God is essential. Anybody that thinks they can live this Christian life without the Word of God. Is actually deceived. One cannot intelligently expect to effectively control your mind apart from the Word of God. You can't. The key to controlling your life is to control the mind. Why do you think the world has all these courses? Mind control courses, mind mapping courses, this course, that course, it all evolves around the mind. Because the enemy knows the power of the mind, and the enemy understands that the mind is the battlefield. 
You see, the mind is the battlefield upon which we fight the battle of life. Simple. This is true for both believers and unbelievers. You see, I'm not going to go into the Greek words for mind, but mind really is your intellect or your understanding. It's also your feelings and affections. Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus said unto him, this is a Pharisee trying to test Jesus, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. Consider this. Meditate on that. God wants you to love him with all of your understanding, all of your ability to think. The term heart, soul, and mind are all very similar. Rather than trying to see distinctions in these words, it is usually best to see them as all components, components part, that are part of man's inner nature. Amen. You can't separate your heart, your soul, and your mind. They're all interlinked and components that work together. God wants us to love him with our entire being. That's what he's saying. Love me with your entire being. You know, when we, when we build a building, a church, a sanctuary, a, a house, whatever we're building, offices, restrooms, what do we, what do we start with? Foundation. That's a good point, Emil, but... We actually, before we even get to the foundation, what we start with is the blueprint. We have, you know, the plumbers, electricians, the carpenters, together they, they raise the building, but they base that on the actual blueprint. Am I right? Amen. And you, you will not be able to build a building effectively if you don't have blueprints. And if you want to draw an analogy, the blueprint, the building, is the behavior. The blueprints are the mind. Are we getting that? Yeah. So it's the same way of saying the mind is the blueprint that drives the behavior. The blueprint is what causes the building to happen. First the blueprints, then the building, first the mind, and then the behavior. See, behavior follows mindset. The key to controlling the mind is the Word of God, as applied by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you, the key to controlling your mind is to firstly walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Amen. See, our flesh follows our mind. That being true, it stands to reason if the mind is centered on the commands of the Word of God, the blueprint, the mind will then be controlled and be obedient to the Word of God, and therefore whatever we're building is going to be built on the basis of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And the results will be a solid fortress from which to wage warfare against a satanic attack. Because that's what the devil does. Amen. He attacks the mind. And if we can get just grasp this, brothers and sisters, that's where it happens. The battlefield of the mind. Amen. The playground. This is the playground of the devil. 
It's a playground of the devil. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The key to walking by the Spirit. So firstly, we've said, in order to control, the key to controlling your mind is to walk by the Spirit. In order to walk by the Spirit, we need to be filled by the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit. You see, being filled is being controlled. Whatever we're filled with controls us. You know, if you can draw an analogy of drunkenness, the verse gives us to be drunk with wine is to be controlled by alcohol. To be filled with anger is to be controlled by anger. Violence. To be filled by the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit. We need to be immersed. We need to be filled saturated by the Spirit. And then what? We're just going to be living according to the Spirit. But the key to being full, so we talked about walking by the Spirit. How do you walk by the Spirit? Being filled by the Spirit. And how do we, what's the key to being filled by the Spirit? Is to be in God's Word. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of, God, of Christ Dwell in you richly, dwell in you richly, teaching and exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, all with grace in your hearts to God. So I want you to keep the words, dwell in you richly. So as the word saturates your life, the Spirit then controls you. Listen to this carefully. As the word saturates your life, the Spirit then controls you. And you walk victoriously in that control. Amen. You see, we have a choice. What's going to control us? See, dwell means to permanently reside. This is talking about more than an occasional brief devotion, as many call Bible study today. And that's nothing wrong with it, you know. But we need to start looking at going deeper with God. This is talking about disciplined time spent daily in God's Word. This is talking about memorization of verses from God's Word. Brothers and sisters, we, um, the Lord showed me this, but it's a very serious point, this. We need to start memorizing the Word of God. We need to start knowing the Word of God that we can speak it and clear it out of our mouths at any time because there's going to come a time when we might not be able to grab our Bible. Yeah. There's going to come a time where we might not be able to go onto our phone. You know, we need to get the Word in us. We need to meditate on us. It's a principle of immersion, which I dealt with in Kingdom Finance, but it's the same principle here. We need to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word I have treasured, King James Version says, hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. We need to hide the word of God in us. We need to keep it in our hearts. We need to treasure it. It should be the most valuable thing for us. So memorizing 
apprehending and applying scripture in our daily lives allows the word of God to dwell within us richly. So what we do then is we yield control to the Holy Spirit of God that is able to fill us. And this is a continuous process. It's continuous. It's, it's present continuous. It's not something we do once off. And when we do that, we're able to walk in Him. All these wonderful realizations are connected and work together to enable the Christian to live a successful and satisfying life. Who wants to live a successful and satisfying Amen. life? And this is what it's connected to. The bottom line is this. Although the Holy Spirit permanently indwells all believers for all practical purposes, without the Word, we really do not have the Spirit. Without consistent Bible study and application, we cut ourselves off from the power of the Holy Spirit and live our lives in our own strength. And I can tell you, living your life in your own strength, you're going to just burn out. You will not have peace. You will not have what God says when he says shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, because it becomes a struggle. Without the word, we will never know consistent victory in our Christian lives. I'm going to say that again. Without the word, we will never know consistent victory in our Christian lives. I'm going to read what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, there is something exceedingly improving to the mind in a contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity. So deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. But while the subject humbles the mind, it also expands it. He who often thinks of God will have a larger mind and the man who simply plods around this narrow globe. Nothing will so enlarge the intellect, nothing so magnify the whole soul of man as a devout, earnest, continued investigation of the great subject of deity. You see, the more we meditate on God, the more we actually understand how small we are and how dependent we are, but also what it does, it also expands our mind because what are we meant to do? We're meant to develop the mind of Christ. Amen. John MacArthur says, as you go through the scripture, you are really gazing at Christ's glory. Any talk of controlling the mind apart from scripture is empty talk. Any talk of controlling the mind apart from scripture is empty talk. That is what the world is trying to do. They're trying to control their minds, reprogram their minds, condition their minds. And you know what? It's in vain. It's empty. It is God's word that controls our minds and strengthens our minds to enable us to win the battle of the Christian life in a pagan culture. Like it or not, we're living in a pagan culture. We're not... The world is not our home. No. The world is not our home. 
We're in the world. We're not of the world. Mm. We're meant to be different. We're meant to make a difference. And we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me bring us to a close with another familiar passage that one of my favorite passages, as many of you will know. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 2 in the, in the New Living Translation says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You know, it's a very sad thing when you actually go places and you don't see a difference between, you don't even know the people that are Christians because they're behaving no different to the world. Undercover. Submarine Christians. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The renewing of the mind. So how do we renew the mind? Paul cautions the believer not to be conformed, not to be conformed to the present world system. You see, the world system is the media-driven swirl of persons, places, and pleasures that leaves God out. That's the world. Persons, places, pleasures. That's the lure of the world. John MacArthur says the world system is entirely hostile to the God of the Bible. So, it is entirely hostile to the God of the Bible. How can we think that we can... Please God by living like the world and do things the way the world does it and expect victory. It is dominated by carnal ambition, pride, selfishness, greed, lust and desire for evil. That's the world. Its opinions are wrong. Its whims are selfish. Its pleasures are sinful. Its influence is destructive. Man, the world system is destructive. Amen. Its politics are corrupt. Its smiles are phony. Amen. That's powerful. Its love is fickle. Yeah. It's written by John MacArthur. Galatians 1 verse 4, Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us out of his present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. See, when we are saved, we become new creations or new creatures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are therefore not to have our lives governed by the thought, patterns and dictates of an evil world system. And that's what the devil wants. He wants that world system to dictate to us what we should be doing. 
And we should be dictating to the world system what should be happening. So how can we keep this from happening? How can we stop this from happening? Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only possible way for us not to get caught up in this godless world is to transform our minds. That's why, I mean, it's a, it's a key. It's critical. The tense present of the verb used in this command tells us that this transforming is to be continuous. It's, it's a continuous process. Note, I said command. It's not, oh, please, maybe. It says, do not. Do not. What is that? That is a command. This is a command from God Almighty. Not from me. Not from anybody else. This is a command from God that says, He says, do not be conformed. See, the word transformed reaches far deeper than conformity to the world. When you look at the Greek for that word, it's actually metamorpho, metamorpho, which comes from metamorphosis, which requires, which is a change, right? To met, to metaf, yeah, but it's to be transformed, which reaches far deeper than conformity to this world. To illustrate this deeper meaning of the word, let's look at Matthew 17 verse 2. And it says, and he was transfigured. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun. And his garments became white as light. See, the Greek word speaks of a fundamental change. When you transform, there's a fundamental change. A transformation that takes place of the believer's inner nature. See, this transformation should be followed by changed behavior. You can't say that you transformed and your behavior is still the same. There must be a radical change in the inner man for one to live rightly in the presence of evil. See, if this change is not consistently manifested, in other words, if it's not easily and consistently seen by others, and this is radical, I'm going to say this, we have a right to question whether or not that person is really saved. Yeah. Amen. That's true. Amen. Paul says in Romans 12 verse 2 that this transformation is affected how? By the renewing of your mind. Donald Gray Barnow says, We lost our ability to truly understand when the, when the human race fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. We regain true understanding by the renewal of our mind when God creates within us anew at our birth the life of the Spirit. See, our minds are renewed when we are saved. And then we are to continually, so let me say it again, and then we are to continually renew our minds in order to avoid being conformed to this ungodly world and in order to understand and do the will of God. So our minds are renewed when we are saved. But it's a process that has to happen continually. See, Satan, the enemy of God and the believer, doesn't want us to have renewed minds. That's why it's a battlefield of the mind. 
Satan does not want your mind to be renewed to the Word of God. Because if your mind is renewed to the Word of God, you're going to walk in victory. He does everything he can to disrupt this process. And you know what his biggest weapon is? Deception. Satan is a deceiver. And where do you think the field of the where do you think the field of battle is? It's of course the mind. 2 Corinthians 11:3 says, "But I'm afraid, lest as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ." Three essential facts for every believer to know. The devil is a deceiver. Believers may be deceived. And the battlefield is the mind. See, it's specifically in the area of spiritual understanding that Satan attacks. It's in the area of spiritual understanding that Satan attacks. While Satan may indeed attack us physically, his attacks are primarily mental. His attacks are primarily mental. The devil attacks the mind. He plays on the weakness in our minds. That's where he wants to play. You know, it's like when Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. What happens is with our minds, we actually have a situation where we allow, we don't have walls, i.e. the word of God around us protecting us in certain areas and the devil comes in. Amen. So how do we rebuild these walls? By renewing our mind to the word of God. You see, we've got to understand that. These weaknesses may be any number of things. Wrong thinking, built up over years of false teaching, or warped perceptions. Prejudices we may have harbored for many years. Maybe we are overly influenced by the world and constantly have little room in our minds for the things of God. That's by God and Shin. I mean, just think about that. We have little room in our minds for the things of God. I mean, that is, that is a dangerous place to be. Because what happens is we kind of give everything else more room in our heads than God. So my question is, who's actually renting our real estate? You know what I mean? Um, because sometimes we have a situation where the enemy, Satan, is actually renting out far too much space in our heads than he should. And we, are, we actually spend too much time looking at and chasing the things of this world. I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching the Springboks beat the Australians. I believe that's a divine moment from God. But, um, you know, we just got to make sure that we put God first and we spend time meditating on the Word of God and that we renew our minds to the Word of God. So Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. We do reap what we sow. You've obviously heard this saying, you are what you eat. Who's heard that saying? Yeah. You know, you are what you eat. Obviously, I mean, exercise and metabolic rate and all that stuff comes into it. They taste so good because they eat, eat so, so good. good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But I mean, that's the thing, you know, you are what you eat. But it's a very biblical principle. Whatever man sows, that he will also reap. If we fill our minds with the vain philosophies of the world, ignore the Bible, you'll reap the disappointing results. Garbage in, 
garbage-out. So with all of this said, what are we to do? The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. The Bible says to fill your mind with good thoughts. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says, Jesus said unto him, it's a Pharisee trying to test Jesus, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And I'm going to close with this one line. Loving God with all our minds will win every battle. Loving God with all our minds will win every battle. Amen. So, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that as your word went out this morning on the battlefield of the mind, I thank you, Father God, that people's minds will be transformed. They will be renewed. I thank you, Father God, that they will no longer conform to the patterns of this world. I thank you, Father God, that your word went forth and went deep into the hearts of each and every person seated here and every person that will watch this, Father. I thank you for fruit, Father. I thank you for fruit, lives that actually glorify you, Father. I thank you, Father, for minds that have there that are stayed on you, Father. And I thank you, Father God, for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So, Father, I just lift each and every person. I thank you, Father God, that as they go and enjoy the rest of their day, Father, that I know that you're with them, that you bless them, you keep them. I thank you for shalom in their lives, nothing missing, nothing broken, Father. Father, I thank you, Father God, that as they go into their week, I thank you, Father, for breakthroughs. I thank you, Father, for new business, new contracts. I thank you, Father, for favor. I thank you for breakthrough in the area of finance. I thank you for breakthrough in the area of relationships. I thank you, Father, just for a week of breakthroughs. Father, I thank you when we, when we come together to worship you next week, Father. We're going to have a testimony week, and Father. We're going to actually let people come forward and give testimony. Because I believe that they're going to see the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.